Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Dave Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This, our scripture study podcast. We're so happy that you are here. This episode we saved for... It's Tuesday after conference weekend is what this day is. (laughs) I don't know when you'll watch this or when it comes out, but we are going to Israel next week. Yeah. Which we are so So excited excited about, about. especially because in Utah there's 88 feet of snow. That's not even an exaggeration. Yeah, it's so much snow. (laughs) So we're actually so excited to fly. That's the least thing we're excited about to go to Israel. But anyways, (laughs) rambling about Israel when it's like, hello, the big elephant in the room is... Now you just made me feel like an elephant. I I didn't... wasn't going to say it was you. I was going to say is something else, but now I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, I, y'all, just so you know, I'm wearing this celebratory pink, hot pink... (laughs) Sure. So if you're a little blinded watching the video, yeah. um, that is why we're just celebrating. If you haven't heard yet, um, Emily was just called to be the young women's president for the church. Church of Jesus. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be a mouthful. I'm stumbling. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, if you are not a part of our faith tradition. But um, anyways, the, so we're so yeah, excited about it. So it's been a it. crazy weekend. That is so true. Yeah. And we're just like... Getting our feet back under us again, but we saved this one. You're going to watch some after this video that will say, we recorded this before conference, so you don't get confused if what's happening. But now here we are. It's been three days. That was a big life change (laughs) for all of us. Emily slept in for the first time in seven months. Today. (laughs) And this is the funniest part of that story. Let's just tell this story. Did I tell you this yet? I don't know. I decided it was going to be a jammy day. I have some of my grandkids here. So I told all of them, we're just wearing jammies all day. It's snowing. It is like still snowing here. We're both wearing spring colors in like revolt against the snow. And everyone who's told me that we need water I think we're like past that point now. <laughs> like, it's okay to pray for sunshine now. Not a lot of sunshine, though, people are telling me. Yeah. Just a little sunshine. Anyways, I decided we were going to have a jammy day, and we weren't going to get dressed. And so at like 11.15, I was still in my jammies, a knock at the door. And these two darling boys showed up. They were um, earning money. They wanted to know if they could shovel the walkway for to earn money. Fun. And... I was so happy because do you think I wanted to go out on jammy day and shovel the walks? No. And then, this is the best part. I have not done my hair. I have not put on any makeup. I'm still in my pajamas that I've been wearing all night long. And one of the boys says, hey, I think I saw you at general conference. Not my best moment. It was your, wait, that's such a great moment. How complimentary. He's just like, oh, see, yeah. you just you look just yeah. as good. There you are. You look just <laughs> so, as good. Those two darling boys shoveled my walks. I'm so happy yeah. right now. I've been happy all day about that. You would have made their day if you had tripped on the stairs. I keep telling you. That would have been so much <laughs> Listen, better. I keep, t- you I guys, kept telling Emily. I was like, it, 
It'll go viral if you trip on the stairs. The whole week before, David was sending me pictures of people falling down the stairs when they had to walk somewhere important and everyone was watching. So I was training her. It was mental training to like count the steps. Like you can, you're which gonna, caused you me to it. not sleep for a good like all of that time before conference. Don't came. act like that was my texts that were making you not sleep. Remember when you just uh, so that so. one day, everyone, I got called to be the young women's president, which I'm so excited about. Like really, really excited. I have a really strong passion for the youth of the church. And it's interesting because long before that call came, when David will tell you this is true, we kept having conversations together. And I would say to him, why am I so drawn to the youth? All my kids have grown up. They're out of our home. I was studying things in the scriptures about the rising generation. I was um, really invested in a lot of other conversations that were taking place. And then I would say to David, why are you not investing? Right. She was like, you are the one who have teenagers. You should be more drawn to this than, than me. I am. And, and like, I'm not sleeping at night because I am thinking about all of these things. And my grandkids are not that age. And none of my children are that age. So it didn't make sense until... Until Four days did. ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Until it did. Yeah. So. Which is sweet to think about, you yeah. know, heaven just pressing down. Yes. And just, you know. Preparing. Right. Right. That's always happening. That God yeah. is in the past, present, and future. Right. That he's just. Yeah. And it's so interesting. We've been having a lot of conversations this week about like connecting beads. Because I'm like, don't you think it's so interesting now about this and this? Like all of a sudden. It's like your mind just lights up this trail of these like illuminated moments that you didn't even realize were collecting over time. And then all of a sudden you were like, wow, how did he do that? Yeah, we'll see that. I think with the, after the resurrection, when we get there in the scriptures, when the two disciples look back and they're like, didn't our hearts burn within us? And it took them like... It took him looking back to be able to see like, oh, he actually was there. And I think that's such a powerful principle, like um, in times of excitement, in times of preparation, in times of sorrow, you know, when we might not recognize him there, that looking back is sometimes where we see him most clearly. Truly. And I think it's interesting because um, obviously it's happening for me right now with this big life change and calling, but also that he shows up in the little things too. You know, like I was um, telling David about an experience that happened over the weekend that is kind of a funny experience. And I can't believe I haven't told you yet because you are going to die laughing. This is such a would happen to me experience. But we got to um, conference and, and before we got there, my two counselors who I just love, but really had never met before just like recently. And and even the way all that came together was just amazing. But we got there and, and before we went, we kind of had been talking about what are you going to wear? What are you going to wear? I know you would not have done that. It's <laughs> totally what ladies do. We just, someone can't wear pink and bright red on the same day. I did. I didn't. <laughs> I have on no red. So, no, I was just saying I anyways, wore Anyways, all the ladies were like, I'm not wearing a jacket. It's not my personality to wear a jacket. And and I even had been like, well, is there a dress code? And then when we asked, they were like, no, there's no dress code. And then I was like, well, why does everyone wear like jackets, I wonder? You know, it, like it had been an ongoing conversation of the week that all those ladies dress the same. There must be a, 
reason why they're all dressing the same. But so we just wore whatever we wanted and we got there and we got through the Saturday afternoon, the Saturday evening session. And when I came out, I was telling my family, it is so cold up there, <laughs> so cold. And probably because all the men are in wool blend suits, you know? <laughs> And so Saturday. So like, what's the president now? Just turn it down. I know. <laughs> Does he have the? <laughs> I know. Saturday morning, it was particularly cold. Like so cold. Sunday morning. I mean Sunday morning. Oh yeah. Yes, thank you. Sunday morning, it was so cold. I had just worn a blouse because it was supposed to be nice weather all day, but I got in there and I was freezing, and um, Tammy was also freezing, and. Then she was like, it was like halfway through the session and she like looked down the row and then she sat back and she said, if God was good, there will be a blanket under my chair. And then she puts her hand down and she brings it back up and there is a blanket in her hand. Why? And I am like, why? Did you she... are kidding me. <laughs> so then I'm like, is, do I have one of those? So I pull it up. And there is? Everyone has one. All the ladies, by the end of the Sunday session, every lady was wrapped in a blanket, which you can't even tell because they're the same color as the chairs. chairs. It is that cold. <laughs> now you know why everyone's wearing those jackets. It's freezing. Like, I left there and I was like, I got to I gotta go look for a jacket. That's the first thing I have to do. Tammy, ask for something else next conference. That is great. If God is good, there will be 200 bucks <laughs> under my chair. <laughs> Can you She's believe it? Like, that's like a magic hat. It felt like that. And then I was like, how did that happen? And then she's, because I was like. <laughs> it's like the fish, the koi yes, in the fish's mouth. That's story. exactly what I thought we were having. And then she leaned over and whispered and said, well, I saw a lady down there with a red blanket. And I just thought, did she bring that herself? Or, or is it provided? Is there a chance that's under my chair? <laughs> Anyways, it was. It was my own coin in the mouth of the fish moment, a red blanket. You pulled it right out. So you guys, I'm just wearing a parka next time. <laughs> I'm not even going to find a cute jacket. That's how cold I was. Oh, you, is that your favorite conference so story awesome. ever? It's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, you guys, it, this it's so fun. This is so unexpected, and we're kind yeah, of now... It is so unexpected. We're um, reeling. Yeah. Okay, it's like, <laughs> all right, um, so now what? And yeah. and we've gotten, you know, sorry if we haven't answered a bunch of emails and texts and DMs. We didn't have an answer quite yet. Like, what what's going to happen? And yeah. it's like, um, we well, we're know. trying to figure that yeah. out, but this is what we do know. This is what we do know. If you missed the live on our Instagram, we are... Don't miss this. This is going nowhere. We are going to keep on teaching and keep on going. Emily can teach at, at least until August. We know that for yeah. sure. Yep. I don't start my calling till August 1st. So everyone, our prayers are just with Sister Corden and Sister Craig and Sister Craven who are doing a great work. And they, I talked to Michelle Craig is a good friend of mine um, a couple weeks ago before she knew about my call. And I said, um, how are you feeling about this? And she said, I already have decided I'm going a hundred percent until the last day, which I, don't you love that enthusiasm? That, yeah. Well, it's um, in all their personalities. Yeah, it really is like that, that they are just going to be going strong and we're just going to be praying for them. And meantime, I get to just continue doing what I've been doing all of these years, which I'm so grateful for yeah. because it's a little bittersweet. And I love that I 
in one week did not have to like make that huge mind shift, but that we can just take our time to mm -hmm. figure this out. And I still get to do what I love, which is teach scripture and talk about Jesus with yeah. all of you. And we've talked a lot in the past couple days and weeks about this community and just how important it's been for right. us and will continue to be. We love this place where we gather to study scripture and, and talk about Christ. And that's going to go forward. And God, who already planned all those things before, I'm sure is already orchestrating things ahead. He already has a blanket under the chair. He already has right? a blanket Just under the chair. Just ready for whatever, yeah. whatever happens and goes. But um, it'll always be our passion to teach scripture, to teach Jesus. And we'll find a, the best ways to do that with life circumstances and everything, but there's no plan for don't miss us to go anywhere. Um, even if I have to stand in front of the screen by myself. <laughs> Listen, that's ne never going to happen. <laughs> with an open mic. <laughs> poor David, he needs people so badly. I know. Can you so, imagine me being alone up somewhere? Up here scriptures. Oh, no. uh, yeah. So. Yeah. We've um, got some really fun um, ideas in the works that we think you're going to be really happy with. And some things that really we've been working on for about a year. Yeah. That we were just, it was like, oh, okay. And now and then, it all made sense. Yeah. Like as soon as it happened, I was like. Because a year ago, it didn't make sense. And in fact, I had to talk you into it for several months that I, yeah, was, I was like, like, why are you so hasty about things? Yeah. Like, let's just. Yeah. And I was like, this feels like a really good idea. I think we should just like keep moving until we feel to not move yeah. anymore. And then yeah, all now of a sudden. Yeah, some of it makes sense. And, yeah. And you get to, you'll keep doing Inklings. A new semester starts. Yeah. This On Thursday. Thursday. In two days. It's going to be so yeah, you, fun. Actually, it'll be after you've seen this, but. Yeah. Inklings.institute on Instagram. And yeah, Inklings and we're is... going to be studying charity, a deep dive into charity with President Nelson's talk. And I'll be leading all those. We have it. Um, it's an institute class. It's an international institute class, which I love. There are women from everywhere who participate. And that might have been my favorite part of conference is I had the opportunity to meet a lot of wives of the 70s yeah. while I was there. And so many of them came up and just grabbed my hands and said, Inklings is one of the things that has just been a gift in my life is gathering together with women all over the world to study scripture together. Yeah. And it just was really sweet. So if you are looking for a Thursday morning institute class, it's 9 a.m. my time is when it is, but it's on Instagram live. So everybody comes on and all the women discuss in the comments yeah. and it's just free. There's a free workbook and we study general conference combined with um, scripture. I, I always love bringing that scripture into it. So we're going to continue doing that. We've been doing it for seven semesters and um, we start up the next semester on Thursday. Yeah. And meantime, I've been trying to talk David into forever <laughs> and now he's going to really do it. Yeah. A companion. Yeah. Which I was trying to works. also talk him into calling it minklings, but men, inklings. We're not doing that. And that because, <laughs> yeah, for multiple reasons, you know, but one of them is it won't just be a men's study, but just a, um, a weekly, almost uh, just shorter. So inklings will be a little bit more of a deep dive. Yeah. And then this podcast I'm actually starting, uh, and this season with a good friend of mine, Stefan Tager, it's called Revival. So you already love it. You yes, don't even have to listen me, to it. And I you do. already love it because 
Every six months, we have this faith revival. In Why aren't church. you doing it under a white tent? That's what I want to know. I'm going to bring a tent. I'm going to just set that up. <laughs> okay. um, but every six months, we have a faith revival as a church. And, and I just love thinking about what if, what if every week we take 20, 25 minutes Take a talk. It's good. We'll follow the same schedule as Inkling. Which actually. will be so fun. So if you've got young single adults or younger kids, or um, maybe your husband is going to jump in for yeah. 20 minutes once or a week. Or someone who just wants a, the same thing. Yeah, a reminder as they drive or something like that. Just it'll be a, a um, what's the one-liner? What's the promise? What's the thing that we want to remember from that particular talk? Or something that, you know, we've been talking about is what question does this talk answer? Yeah, I love that. And so just a way to have a weekly revival reminder of what those principles of faith are, right? It's it's a discussion on relevant faith. That's what the Revival Podcast is. So So you'll come here for Come Follow Me and New Testament Scripture this year. Um, But if you are someone who has wanted to find an easier way to study General Conference, we're going to try and open that up for women um, for that 20 to... 40-year-old or anyone, really, who wants just a 20, 25-minute uplift in the week. And then um, we've got a cute community that my daughter and two of her seminary friends run. Um, Right now, it's called Why We Stay, but the name is going to actually change to This Is Kingdom. And they're going to be following the same schedule with us for a younger group, um, teens and, and young single adults that maybe want to just dive in on Sunday nights for 15 minutes and get just a little uplift. Yeah. yeah. So so if you want to find any of those, you can actually on Instagram go to Good News Brand Co. is what it is. We it's just such decided a to like, they were doing it, she was doing it, I was wanting to do one. We have other friends who are doing things like, let's just all move in together under yeah. one house that we're calling Good News Brand. And so... Um, you can find all that there too. And you know, this is actually leads great into this first segment. Now, this is question number two in the journal. So if you have the journal, um, the questions were written in the journal, by the way, where it could just be a study and you could just, you know, almost like a Bible study type book where um, you could just kind of dive into the question and, and think through it. But um, there's a promise that comes in the New Testament that you might be super familiar with. Uh, and it's in Matthew 18. And um, it starts just in 19, and, and he says, If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything. I, I think that's so awesome. I do too. Touching anything. Yeah. Right? And you shall ask, it will be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Even a blanket. Yeah. Right? It's just because <laughs> yes. two of you were cold. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them also. And it's one of the reasons we're so passionate about gathering community people together because of this promise of Jesus. He's like, if there are, well, you find in scripture is like, if there's just one of you, I will be there. And then there's this promise. Yes. And so that's what the question's kind of about is when have you seen him by yourself? But when also have you experienced, you know, him coming in a gathered setting? Like what particular blessings, what particular presence do you feel when you're gathered together, Yeah, you know, with Yeah, them? which I love so much. That is one of my favorite scriptures because can't you think back at moments in your life where you have walked into a setting and just felt that strength that comes when people gather together and then make room for him? There's yeah. just, it's just a different strength that comes into that situation. And it, that's something that calls me. Yeah. 
Yeah, it reminds me of that time in the when Jenny and I were her mom and dad were in the Cook Islands, and we went there as missionaries, went to visit them, and we did a big youth young adult conference while we were there, and both spoke. And something Jenny said when she spoke was, "There is a lot of Jesus here," mm. and and part of that is because you all brought a yes. measure of of His heart with you. You all brought like part of His character with you when you came, and it's just a neat powerful yeah. Yeah. promise. It's, one of, it it's really just a great it's promise. So okay, this next segment is this parable that is dynamite. It is so <laughs> good. And remember, you learn a lot about a parable by considering what question is asked first. And the question for this one in Matthew 18 actually starts in, oh, I forgot to write that. So just pretend it's written. Matthew 18. Um, starting in 21, Peter comes to him and says, how often am I supposed to forgive my brother's sins against me? Like how, like how often am I supposed to do that? Um, hold on, let me just clear that, everybody. Um, and he says, um, till seven times. And, and sometimes I read this and I almost hear him saying like, <laughs> like seven. <laughs> and then yes. Jesus answers back and he says, 70 times seven. Um, which in their context would have been him saying like four billion. You know, he's just yeah. like, how many should I forgive? Seven, could you imagine? Yeah. And he's just like, 8,000 times. Yeah. He's like, what? You know, <laughs> yes. it would have been this like shock. Yes. And then he tells this parable about this king who takes an account of his servants, right? And there is this one servant who has somehow racked up a debt of 10,000 talents. And it's hard to uh, interpret, what do you say? Uh, measure. Measure like yeah. what that means with biblical money. And uh, and Bible scholars are kind of all over the board a little bit. Some say that would be 60 million days of work. Other people upwards in the three and four billion dollars. But and all I we know this, is... I love this thought that I have written in mind that somebody quoted, and I can't remember who it was, but it says the amount 10,000 was beyond calculation at that time. Yeah. And so when they would use that number 10,000, it just meant the largest possible amount. Yeah. Which isn't that so interesting that yeah. they were like... You can't even like count this amount, yeah. right? And and so now everything has to be sold off and, and debtor's prison and, and all of these things. And the servant says in 26, falls down and says, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay you, which was a ridiculous thought. There is no way he was going to be able to pay that off, even if he worked. It would, I calculated yeah, every day for it. his yeah, whole life. I calculated it would actually take him like 3,000 lifetimes yeah. working full-time without interest, by the way. Um, <laughs> and just like, there's like that, what a silly request. There's no way. And then this word in 27 that we see so much, and it reminds us of Jesus when he says he was moved with compassion hmm. and he loosed him and he forgave him of that debt. And, and I, I just, every time I read that, I just... Well, I, it took me a while to figure this out where I would think about it and just say, oh yeah, that king, how nice, that king's super nice. And he just wrote it off as a tax write-off mm -hmm. until I read a Bible scholar once who said a king would not have had that amount of money. So that decision would have bankrupted the king. He would have lost the throne. He would have had to have given up the kingdom in order to forgive him. It would have been, forgiveness always has a cost yeah. associated with it. And for this king, it was a 10,000 talent cost for him to offer that forgiveness to him. And to me, that is where you see like, oh. Yeah, I have written in my scriptures that really he would have lost his livelihood. Or we could also say for someone to be able to do that for you, they would have to lose their life. Right, um, right. Which is what the parable wants to teach. Right, that you're worth 10,000 
talents. And then, you know, the rest of the parable goes into where he's angry with another person mm -hmm. for such a little amount. And every time I read that second part, I just think like, oh, that forgiveness hasn't sunk into him quite yet. Yeah. You know, if it, if it had and when it does, he'll respond differently to others, right? The idea yeah. of when grace comes to us, charity yes. comes out yes. and you're just like, oh, and it just makes me think, oh, how important to remind ourselves of his 10,000 talent forgiveness of us and to live, you know, in, in remembrance of that, to yeah. live under the, you know, the and umbrella And it really makes you think about President Nelson's yeah. talk, yeah. you know, and that call that just was, um, how we know how to love like that is because we've been loved right. like that. Right, right. Which so, I love that. Yeah. And then it makes the sacrament so powerful every yes. week. Yes. I almost like every, I need you to remember, I gave my life, I gave my livelihood, I gave my life to rescue you. You know, yeah. live in that kind yeah. of love. Yeah. Respond to people with like that, that kind of love, you yeah. know? Yeah, I love that so much. I, it makes us want to jump to the Good Samaritan, which is coming, but yes. hold on, not yet. Because <laughs> oh. I just, it's like, oh, it's like, hold on. Yes, um, and this is a, a story that as women in the church, we have a love and hate relationship. <laughs> and it was one of David and I's greatest arguments of our entire friendship was... And I'm still right about it, but... Please say what your mom said. Oh. <laughs> I love this part of the story. We seriously got in the biggest argument over... A happy it. argument, everybody, just so you know. We're like Jewish rabbis. That's we so like true. to argue over yeah. scripture. So I should it's... say debate yeah. instead of yeah. argument. But it, I just want you to know, it was not like a... What do you think? What do you think? It was like no, this a is not right. It's debate. not right. And my mom was listening to it on the podcast because we said four years ago, which they're still up on YouTube, by the way. You can go back and yeah. listen to this. She was like, "What were you guys arguing about? I want to know." You yeah, because we and didn't argue like, in front of the camera, yeah. everyone. It was a full-on discussion before we even got to the basement. Um, but, anyways, yeah, my mom, and your mom. I can't remember who she agreed with. No, but. what? You're, he's not even telling you the story. His mom said this. What were you arguing about? He said, Mary and Martha. She said, what was your argument? He starts saying it. I had said on the podcast, you guys, you're welcome that David is not teaching this part of the thing. And she said, David, do not ever teach that in front of women. It's exactly what she said. You guys are thinking I'm the sexist pig right now, some of you. I just want you to know. Yes. I was taking a scholarly approach to it. And I was like, okay. Imagine if it wasn't women. And then everyone's like, you can't. It's women. Sorry, you have to. So True. I'm not even going to broach that. And you are just going to teach this I'm going to teach you about... one thing that I love about this story. We all know the story. I don't even need to go into it because if you're a woman, you memorized it because that's how passionate you are about this story. Um, and you, we already know Mary was, Martha was cooking dinner and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and then we talk about the good part, and then everyone sits in Relief Society, and depending on if they've had a Martha Day or a Mary Day is how you walk out of Relief Society feeling. Either, Either super good, good or, or super bad. Terrible yeah. about what's going on. And I do love one thing that I just want to point out here um, in verse 38, Luke 10, 38. It starts out like this. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And... Why does every painter paint this story wrong? David picked this picture, everyone. He loves it. What you should see back here is 15 other people waiting for dinner. Like that would do the story justice. Because in your mind, you're like, Martha, 
just like take a minute and move that basket over and sit down right there. Like that is how we read the story. We forget they as they went. How many people just came into the house in that moment? And Martha is the one who received them in to her house. Which I love Martha. I, I'm just going to say straight out, I, am, I have a Martha personality. And it is that welcoming in and preparing the food and making sure everyone is being taken care of. That really is in my nature. And she really, like, you could read her as the, that person who prepared the Great Supper. Yes. From the Luke 15 yes. parable, yeah. right? Where yeah. you're just like, no one... Got yeah. mad at her. Yeah, like well, and like, I think we just have to remember um, when we read this story, I don't think making dinner was the problem. I think it was that one moment when she felt cumbered about much serving and she said to Jesus, do you not care about what's happening here? Because what do we know about Jesus? He actually does. Yeah. He actually does care. Yeah, and maybe the maybe the comparison too was like, uh, you know, where it's like, hey, what you're doing is good, and what she's doing is good. Yes, it's the fact that you accuse me of not caring. Well, and you're and suggesting that she might that not she's be... doing discipleship wrong. Yes, right. You're saying yeah. is she's doing discipleship. And wrong, I feel maybe. like that's the important part of the story to remember because they have this conversation where he says, Mary has chosen the good part, and it won't be taken away from her, and it is the one thing that is needful. And we read that story, and we accidentally immediately say, okay, there's only one right way to do this. And this is obviously the right way of doing it. But then it's interesting because this story does not end at the end of Luke 10. If you continue reading and you get into, I love going to, I'm going to take you to John 12 first because I love this. There's just this little mention in this one part. Um, and it says, um, what's happening is, let's see, John 12, 2. Um, then six days before the Passover came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a great supper. And then there's two words here that I love. And Martha served. Mm. And don't you just want to think to yourself, she didn't leave from this situation and think serving is actually not the one needful thing. Yeah. Because yeah. This, this is what he said was the one needful thing. I love that as you continue on, you're like, oh, and Martha served. That was her talent. That is what she did well. And unless we think Martha did not take time to sit at the Savior's feet, did not take time to learn about who Jesus was, did not have a testimony of Jesus... It's so interesting that in John 11, we see an exact role reversal in that story. Because after Lazarus died and Jesus came, it tells us in verse 20, this is like the opposite of Luke 10, whatever the last verse is. I don't have it now. 42, yeah. Okay, you have Luke 10, 42. And sometimes just marry that right up to uh, John eleven twenty. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out and met him and Mary sat still in the house. Isn't that interesting? It's yeah. like a complete role reversal and, in that moment. And I think for both of those occasions, I wrote this note in my in my notes, my phone, where at that where he says she has chosen the good part. 
And you might say for the John 11, Martha hath chosen the good part or whatever. But I was like, I added this line on this particular occasion. Yes. Not everyone might be like this. But on this particular occasion, Mary hath chosen the better part. Your part wasn't bad. It was good. Mary's was better for her the on that occasion. hate the word better, so you'll just rewrite that quote and say good. Mary's was good for her. Yes. You know? Yes. Not better than Martha is what <laughs> yes. I mean. Because yes. what I want to say is like, okay, should Mary have gone running or should she have sat still at the house? And I want to say... Like yeah, bet- on that day, what I mean better is between Mary's two options. Yeah, not between, yeah, not between her, her and, and someone Martha. else. And like, don't right? you love this too? That depending on the day, depending on the circumstance, depending on the condition of our heart, depending on all of those things, is how we are going to react on a given day. And um, and I love that no one is the clear winner. Like both are right on a given day. One day Martha came running first, and one day Mary. Sat at the feet of the Lord. And that's all of us every day. And sometimes we're going to be in the kitchen. And truly, let's be honest, some days we're going to be cumbered about. And that's just true. Yeah, That's the way life goes. And that is what I love about this story is I love when he's like, like in my life, I want to say, I just got to make sure today I make room for the one needful thing. Yeah. That's all I have to remember. And and let other people be the kind of disciples they want to be. Yeah. You know, like yes. we don't, I, I don't need to tell you how to be a disciple. I don't need yeah. to tell you what your good part or your needful yeah. part is. And I think that's really powerful in this story. Yes. You know, yep. because it's to just, just say, yeah. And, and you just figure out maybe later that night, Martha took time for her one needful thing. Yeah. yeah. Also, I read this from a Bible scholar this morning that you're going to love. Okay. I can't that wait. He said, he, his thought is the reason this story is in here is not, we get caught up in yes. the comparison because yep. we're Americans living yes. in the 21st century. Yep. That's why. But for, are we in the 21st century? Anyways. Yeah. Right. I forgot you what we're in. You are asking the woman who <laughs> never does math. Okay. So anyways, um, that, and people reading it in an ancient context would have not even thought that because of where Mary was. They're like in a home, there was a man part of the home and a woman's part of the home. And Mary crossed mm. over the boundaries and was into the man's part of the home. And the fact that he says what she's doing is good yeah. was the like, yeah, oh! shocking. Yeah, that the was shocking, shocking part, part of the story. Because they said this and it was so cool. Like not only was she in the man's part of the home, but to sit at the feet doesn't necessarily mean this cute yeah. thing, even though it's cute. Right. It means like, yes. I want to learn from you and I have an intention on being a rabbi myself. Yes. And Jesus was actually saying, he was crossing a boundary here and saying, yes, women will teach. Yes. Women will be Which is rabbis. so awesome. You're, I mean, not necessarily, you know, yeah. teachers. Yes, they will be, be master teachers, teachers yeah. is what they will be. And yeah, I, love I think that. that's so cool. Just the idea that Jesus crosses boundaries. Yes. He's like, listen, I'm going to... And that's I'm such gonna... a better way to teach that story. Right. Where you're yeah. just like, oh, don't get... This This part's fine. Yeah. They're both good. But yes. what about this? That yeah. Jesus says, oh, you actually can do amazing yeah. things. And there's a place for you yes. within yes. my church to sit at my feet and become a master of scripture yes. and doctrine. Right. Which I love. Okay, the Good Samaritan. Like, I want to just be like... By raise of hands for how many people is this your favorite story? Don't you? Yes. I, I just, it, it battles with the prodigal. Like I know. Every night. It really they fight is with such each other. a good story. And I'm, we're just going to go quickly through this one because you'll have parts that you know. But I have loved this story my entire life. Mm-hmm. 
But last year, I doubled my love, if that is possible. David and I took a trip to Israel. And while we were there, we tried to talk our, talk our bus drivers into taking us to the Jericho Road. And they kept telling us, you cannot go there. You cannot go there. You can't get there. And we were like, we need to get somewhere. I just, I want to see it. I really want to walk it. It's 17 miles. I have a good friend who did it. I just want to do that yeah. so bad one time in my lifetime, just walk that 17 miles. But finally, the bus driver, because I would not relent, was like, I will take <laughs> you along the road and pull over on the side and you'll be able to look and see. And that will be enough, he told me. Emily, you'll take a picture out the window and that will be enough. Well, when we got there and pulled up, we I was sitting right at the gasped. front and then I couldn't <laughs> see the road. I could just see the mountains. And I was like, Mahmoud. I have to get off the bus. No, no, sister, he told me. You, you, you cannot get off the bus. I'm like, Mahmoud, I have to. And then, sure enough, if I got off the bus, 85 other people were getting off the bus. Why not? We might as well. We're right there. Yeah. So me and David go running up the trail because Mahmoud was like, you have 10 minutes. We go running up that trail and we get up there and this is what happened. I don't, like, I've imagined the Jericho Road 10,000 times. And what my imagination had put together was actually not what my eyes were seeing. Was that true for you, too? Well, maybe at one point, but I feel like I'd looked it up before and oh, okay. been like, oh, my god. Yeah, and I yeah. hadn't, because I had not anticipated it being so dry. If you are listening on the podcast, look up a picture because, um, or just hop on the video for a second because we're showing it here. But it is so dry and there is no shelter anywhere along mm -hmm. the entire road plus the other thing i hadn't realized is this is at the very end so this does not look like very threatening but these cliff faces yeah, or what do you want to call way, them yeah, yeah they really are cliff they faces. rise up so high and then they and have our, little like trenches that are cut back in that if you were the robber you could hide Anywhere, mm -hmm. in a million different spots. I mean, these little crevices that you see, like you see one right there really well, they are all through the whole thing. And you could see someone coming for miles, and you could also see how many hours it would be before someone else would come down that trail. And then the, um, it's dry, it's so hot, there is no shade, there really is nothing green. The wind is blowing, it's kicking up that dust, it is just like hot. It's so hot. And I don't think I had ever realized before, like I knew the man was wounded, stripped, beaten, robbed, you know, left naked, laying in the middle of the road. But in my mind, it was more like embarrassing if someone showed up. It wasn't like life-threatening. And I hadn't realized until that moment that he would not survive that. Mm. Like there is no way he would survive what was happening there. And it made it so much more tender when we finally got back on the bus and I started reading through this story in Luke 10. It just made it so much tender to think about that man. And you remember the first person who comes by is someone from the church. It says by chance. And, and I just want to think by chance mm -hmm. is a lot like that blanket that was under the chair, yeah. you know, that by chance there came down a certain priest and saw him. Like it wasn't even like he didn't know. He saw him and passed by on the other side, it says. And then a Levite came to that same place and he looked on him. Like who loves that this guy came over and was like, let me look at him. And then he was like, no, I can't. And, and he passes by. And it's so interesting to me that someone from the church 
you would think, you know, either of these two as they came by, your work is actually to save souls. That is your work. Yeah, and, and you think when you read it, what, what could have been more important right. than what was in front of you? And, and if you think there was something, yeah, may, there's maybe something you have wrong. something because wrong. Because you forget that Jesus' work is messy. Yeah. You know, and, and it does require something. And so, who comes last is a certain Samaritan. As he journeyed, and I love these four words, came where he was. Mm. I love that he just was like, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and he bound up his wounds and he poured in oil and wine. And he set him on his own beast and he brought him to the inn and he took care of him. It tells us at the end of 34 and in verse 35, it says, and on the morrow. And I have written in my scriptures, who sat with him through the darkest hours of the night. Mm. Don't you love that he just gets there? He's at home in the inn. He obviously knows how to get to a room. He sits with that man all night long. And when the morning comes, he goes down to the man who runs the inn and he gives him two pence, which would be like a two days wage. And he says to him, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. And last year when we were there, because I had seen it, and as I sat and thought about it, I was like, it is so interesting when I come again. And I've always thought about that in this parable as like second coming scripture. Have you? Yeah. Of like, yeah. at the end, when I come, I will go through and be like, does anyone need to be paid back? But this time when I was reading it, I was, my, the thought that came to me was, wait a minute, how many times had he been to the inn before? Mm. Because he was so familiar with the innkeeper. He was like, here, I think it's going to take this many days. Here's two pence. But when I come back, if he stays longer, I will pay you more. Which then made me start thinking to myself, yeah, because why did he have oil for wounds? And why was he already carrying that what he would bind up those wounds with and how did he know to have his beast that didn't have anything else on it but had room for someone right. to be carried back there unless he had been on that trail before unless he knew what he would find or unless he knew who mm. he would find there and that thought that he was so familiar with that in and it's so interesting because when he when he talks about going that next day, you know, that he's leaving. And in your mind, you're like, I wonder where he had to go. And I just thought to myself, I wonder if it was back to the road. Mm. If he just knew to walk up and down that road and to look for the wounded. And you think about that scripture in Isaiah that we love so much when he's like, I came to bind up the brokenhearted. Yeah. That, that's what I came to do. I actually came to walk the Jericho road. Yeah. That's what I came to do. Yeah, it's my it's my intention to yeah. you know to do something like that. When what people would have known this road, it was a real life road, even though this was a parable, and people were really familiar with these ideas of inns. What happened is people like these long roads became dangerous, and people had nowhere, so people began to build the inns on the road, which is actually quite powerful because it was people who were like wait, I'm going to go into that place of most hurt. I'm going to go into that place where things are dangerous. I'm going to go into that place where people are wounded. Like I'm going to move in closer to the pain. That's what these inns were. They were intended to be, 
mini refuge yeah. spots. Like you a know? safe house. Yeah. And yeah. It's, I love thinking of these people who opened the inns, you know, who are just like, I'm going to go mm -hmm. to the places where I know people are going to, I'm going to have an intention to heal people, yeah. to give people a place of rest refuge. like that, like that man was. And there's this line in just this last segment quick where he says to the innkeeper, um, take care of him. And those are the only words and explanation that he gives to the innkeeper. And there's something about that that strikes me. One, when you were talking about the priest and the Levite, it made me think like, oh, it is frighteningly simple to be a church boy and not to be a disciple. Yeah. Right? To like mm -hmm. do church things and not do the work of Jesus, you know? Yeah. And, and these instructions, I think, give us permission to do that very thing. It's not only like an invitation, but it's permission that just like whoever you find, whatever the reason, your commission is take care of them. And if the innkeeper asks back, he's like, okay, but how did he get hurt? Take care of him. Was it his fault? Take care of him. I know, but what are his beliefs on take care of him? Does he align with take care of him? Your commission is to take care of him. That's it. You have permission to care. You have permission to have compassion on anyone, even if it's a hated mm -hmm. person, even if it's someone who you disagree with religiously or morally, like you have permission and commission mm -hmm. to take care of people, to be the ends, to go close to the pain and just become Welcome that. Yes. In. Yeah. I think, yeah. I feel like that was what President Nelson's call to us was. Um, this is our, well, let's go here real quick. And then our, our, um, well, we'll end on that. Here's the worksheet for the week. It's this idea of be the, what it looks like to be the inn. And, and it would be so fun to read Elder Gong's talk and oh, we'll yes, link to it yes, 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 as yes. you study this paper. Yeah. And just think of the words that he says. What's it look like to have a place of safety? What's it look like to take care of him? I love when he says, whatever you spend, it's worth it. I'll pay you back. Like don't yeah. hold back on what you give. Be yeah radically generous in yeah. whatever it is that you do. And just to yeah, consider... Yeah, and you love that thought of like, spend more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where are your Jericho roads? And how can you be the in? And and even further is, is well, this... Well, I our... say this part too, because oh, I love yeah. that call. Right. And then it, it ends, the very, very end. And I, I was going to, when oh, showing okay. this, our name for Jesus this week is the Good Samaritan. It's the poster for the week and, and the name to study. And, and we took the Greek word to take care of right? And it means to care for, to be engaged in, or to have charge over, to feel like this is actually my responsibility. Like I can't pass by because it's my job to do something like yeah. this, you know? And when he's talking to this lawyer, who's asking like, what's, you know, what's it look like to love your neighbor? At the very end, he asks him that question, who really was the neighbor to that man who fell among thieves? And he answers, it was the Samaritan. And then Jesus says to him, go and do thou likewise. Go and be a good Samaritan. Go out to the Jericho Road. Pack your bags full of yeah, proverbial be, oil be and wine. Be ready. And go again and again. And, and I love, we love that he, he says, go be, go do my work. Yeah. Go be a good Samaritan. And, and you yeah. think about He's like, I can't be the only one. Yeah, one Samaritan is, not, is enough. not enough. With the number of Jericho roads out there, 
with the number of wounded laying half dead on the sides of the roads, one will never be enough. Mm. And he is commissioning all of us, go be one also. And, yeah. and that, that's, that's the call. And that's what the worksheet moves mm-hmm. you through. And, and, and I love to think, to study that. In a class, this would be so great to study yeah. that and be like, what, were all, what do all these things look like today? What would it look like and today particularly, to go to where someone is? Yeah, and, in our ward, right. in our faith community, in our neighborhood. What does this actually look like? Because what if instead everything that was decided in a youth council or a ward council or a stake council started because you started with the one laying wounded on the ground and you right. were like, okay, let's start with him. Who should minister yeah. to him? Okay, who, what organization should look after him? Okay, and then do you, you just watch it move up and I just love that it's like start with the minister. Right. What's the immediate need? Okay, who can go in? Yeah, and if there was something else on the agenda, if you have a priestly or Levitical something on your mm-hmm. agenda, set it aside because this is number one. Yes. This is the soul. This is Jesus, what he calls us yeah. to do and to yeah. be right here. So good. Okay, y'all. See you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.